Hey, welcome to Legendary Tales. I am one of your hosts, Isadora Martin-Dye, and with me is my esteemed colleague <sighs> and animal lover of all things. Me, Adam. I'm here. <laughs> and this week uh, on our podcast where we talk about things that are weird and odd and unbelievable or just amazing. And other synonyms for odd and weird. And amazing. We are going to talk about animals. Yeah. And not like... Unicorns, no animals, like real. real life animals. Real animals. So what we've got is one story coming from me that's quite good fun, mm -hmm. and one coming from Adam that apparently is really depressing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I got really depressed as I was doing the research. For so it. what we might be doing this week is trying something different, which is we might split this episode into two episodes, one from Adam and one from me leading the way. Um, so that if you perhaps are a little bit more sensitive to some stuff, uh, you might decide that you, although you absolutely should listen to Adam's episode. I think this is, this is where the, the splitting the episode in two falls apart. Because? <laughs> because it's just like one or the other instead of having the playtime for both in one. Who knows? Maybe half of the people find one of us more interesting than the other one. Yeah. And we'll just have even numbers. Who knows? But we're going to... Oh, what you're saying is it might turn into a popularity contest. It could, which would be kind of fun, to be fair. We could see. So you guys might fee you guys might find out that we are... Uh, you might find that it comes into two parts yeah. this week. We might just try it out, see how it goes. Because it's not only this one, but sometimes we do... Well, put it this way. We're not technologically advanced yet to figure out how to mark the episodes so mm. that you can skip to... Can one you, part or the other. Can you even do that on Spotify I think and you stuff? you can, hmm. but I've never seen it, so I don't know how to do it. Is it just not including a link in the... I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But we might just try physically splitting them and seeing how that works. If you hate it or if you love it, let do us let know. us know. We have heard from a couple of people, though, that yeah. they wouldn't mind splitting it into two. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, maybe what we will do at the end of either this one or the next one is talk about the couple of people we've heard through... Oh, yeah. Um, on Instagram and our social medias who've said nice words to us mm -hmm. because we really appreciate it. So including someone who uh, knows Adam, or not knows Adam, but comes from Adam's hometown. Yeah, from nearby. Nearby. Oh, from our first episode. Who found us, and that was really exciting. Okay, so Adam's up first this week. Yeah. So go on, depress me. Okay, I am going to talk about what was previously known as the Muskingum County Animal Farm. If you're not from Ohio, most of you aren't. Muskingum is a county um, in the southeastern part of Ohio. And this is a story that I'm not familiar with, but I had heard about because a horrible tragedy occurred there in 2011, which was my first year at university. And this just sort of became a thing if we were out having coffee or at a party or whatever. Every once in a while, you'd be like, do you remember when this horrible thing happened? And it's just, that's why it's like legendary in my brain. Um, and it actually got global news when I was doing research for this episode. I found a Daily Mail article uh, uh, relate, Daily Mail. relating to this, which like, yeah, I don't think that it's a reputable news source, but it made waves big enough to, you know, yeah. the UK had like was hearing about it. So the Muskingum County Animal Farm was a private zoo owned by Terry Thompson and his wife Marion in Zanesville, Ohio. Terry was a Vietnam vet, a self-described animal lover. <laughs> You okay? You sound yeah. like you can't breathe. I'm I'm not very out, very out of breath right now. You sound it. So owned by Terry Thompson and his wife Marion in Zanesville, Ohio. Terry was a Vietnam vet and he's a self-described animal lover. His wife was quoted as saying he adopted the animals because he loved them and they were abused. Yeah, he was a bit of an eccentric. 
um, had a private pilot's license at one point. That's how he made a little bit of money. When he got back from Vietnam, he owned a Harley Davidson dealership, always loved fast cars, fast bikes. And that sort of translates into how he came to own so many large exotic animals. His neighbor also was quoted as saying, when he came back from Vietnam, he was different, kind of a loner. He liked animals more than he liked people. He really did. So we're already sort of starting to paint a picture of a, of a man who loved big things, loved sort of being the, the center of attention and was drafted to go to Vietnam. And as with most people who served in Vietnam, came back and there, his, life was, his life was, you know, drastically changed because of what he saw and what he had to do. So this, uh, this episode features uh, animal welfare, mental health issues, uh, all of our sort of our favorite topics. Triggers. Yes, yes, triggers. Uh, his wife also made some money giving horse riding lessons. We're just going to do some background on them yeah. very quickly. They would take some of the animals around to pet shows uh, in nursing homes, which I thought was kind of cool, like just to sort of show yeah. them around. In Ohio, you, it, well, until this this thing happened. You, a private citizen could own exotic animals, but you couldn't make any money off of them. Okay. So it was sort of like you couldn't take them to petting zoos or mm-hmm. have your own petting zoo. You could just have them for basically Pleasure. your own. Yeah. He also was on the Rachel Ray show. I don't know how familiar familiar you are with Rachel Ray. I mean, like she's a huge name. I mean, I know who she is. I'm not familiar with so the Rachel Ray show. On an episode where Heidi Klum was also a guest. He went on as like an animal handler mm-hmm. and he took one of his tigers and there's actually apparently a picture of Heidi Klum holding this tiger cub. But which, you couldn't find it because you were saying to me, how odd can it be to find yeah, a picture of Heidi Klum holding I, a tiger? I, I probably scoured the internet for a good quarter of an hour and could not find a picture of Heidi Klum holding a, holding a tiger, which you think would be like, we people want this picture, but apparently not. Maybe her animal, does she, is she involved in like animal activism? Cause I'm thinking now that might not have aged as well. Um, I mean, maybe, but you think the clip would still exist? Cause this happened, he was on the show in 2008 and then the tragedy was three years later. I don't, I mean, the clip would have been on YouTube somewhere. I would have yeah. thought, but, but to no, no avail, the list of animals he owned, he had 18 Bengal tigers, which are endangered. I had to look that up. Okay. Um, 17 lions, eight bears of varying, Black bear, grizzly bear, three mountain lions, which I believe were, which I believe were cougars, one baboon, three macaws, the okay. which are parrots, two wolves, and then these aren't exotic by any means. But he owned thirty six horses, ponies, and donkeys. So I'm sure the macaws have considered that exotic. Um, uh, well, oh, his, his wife fine. was quoted later as saying that it cost them $30,000 to buy one of those birds. Wow. So I think they might, I'm not sure if they're endangered necessarily, Okay. but they are sort of exotic in the sense that they're okay. from the rainforest or something. So a lot of animals on this property, mm-hmm. a lot of animals that are hard to take care of, a lot of animals that are hard to keep in pens if you don't have good, good pens. pens. So he'd already had some issues with the law before this this whole thing went down. Okay. In 2004, he was charged with cruelty to animals, allowing animals to run free and impro- improperly disposing of dead animals. So he was eventually charged in, 20, in 2005 because people were complaining that his tigers were looking thin and malnourished. And one tiger, the pins were too close together. Okay. And one of the tigers was missing a tail, presumably because... It had gotten into another tiger's pen and that tiger had bitten it off. Yeah. And it was just, it just sort of sounded like he was not equipped to take care of this okay. many animals. 
and he was also charged with the improper rendering of waste. So he owned his parents' farm as well, and three cow and one bison died on the property, and he just didn't do anything with them. He okay. left them on the property, and basically his neighbors called to complain that the smell was so terrible okay. that they could, like, couldn't stand it anymore. Okay. The cages were described as being too close. They were filthy. The animals were cramped, and it made them very anxious and agitated. They were lacking necessities like food, water, or shade, malnourished, ramshackled enclosures, which put all the neighbors at risk. And it said that his horses often escaped. Like, it wouldn't be uncommon for a neighbor to go outside and to have one of his horses or donkeys, like, running around their property. And it just sort of became like this, oh, that's just Terry's horse. Like, yeah. we'll just, we'll go round it up and give it back to him. Again, in 2007, he took some of his animals to a local uh, pet fair. It was a bear and a and a lion, and they were like, dude, you got to leave. Like, this is for goats. You've brought two dangerous animals here. You have to, you yeah. have to leave. In 2008 and nine, he finally had some USDA complaints, the United States Department of Agriculture, mm -hmm. who are the, the government organization that handle this sort of thing. They had two complaints, uh, again, for unsafe pens and malnourished animals. However, the USDA determined that they actually had no jurisdiction over what he could do with his animals because Ohio historically has very lax laws concerning the private ownership of exotic animals. Okay, so exotic animals versus animals in general? Yes, but they also couldn't, because state law generally, apparently in this situation, trumps federal law, they could, they just couldn't do anything about it. Because I'm always, it's always interesting to me that like, we've had issues with horses that maybe weren't being well enough looked mm -hmm. after, where we've called animal rights yeah. things on them. Uh, in England, it's called the RSPCA. Mm -hmm. Although I'm thinking of an instance in California. Well, that would have been a humane society then, wouldn't it? Yeah, where they basically said the animal has shelter and food. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we shelter food and water. Yeah. Therefore, we can't touch it. Interesting. So he might have just been, for his like domestic animals, he may have been providing just enough to sort like, of stay a, above board. Yeah, it was like this horse was not getting... Abused, like, really... It was or, too, it was underweight for sure, yeah. but it wasn't getting a nourished life. Oh yeah, but yeah. that was a different thing than having an abusive life. It's really it's really strange, and it surprises me that California would have sort of laxer. I mean, it doesn't sound like the animal was being abused like really in any way. No, but 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 maybe it's because so many people own horses in that country that they're or in that state. Sorry, yeah, that they were just like we'll just sort of keep it keep yeah. the bar a little bit lower, I guess. So eventually, the USDA obviously had some issue, but they couldn't bring any charges against him because of the exotic animals, so they led a raid on his house, um, claiming to look for firearms. Okay. Uh, and they found several unregi unregistered firearms uh, with no license numbers on them, and so they arrested him for that. And he spent one year in a federal prison in West Virginia um, and was released on September 30th, 2011, to a halfway house in Cincinnati, and then... Who was looking after his animals? While his he wife. Okay. And then he returned home a month after that. Okay. At this time, when he returned home, he'd he'd gotten a phone call or a letter from his wife who divorced him while he was in prison. Okay. She was she just claimed she was unhappy and yeah. she was ready to to not be in that relationship anymore. And he called one of the deputies of Muskingum County Police Department and said something along the lines of like, I'm miserable. Uh, I think I'm going to die soon. And okay. the cop said, well, what do you mean, Terry? And he was like, well, I'm not sure, but you're going to know it when it happens. 
And on October 18th, well, that's not creepy as. And on, on October 18th, 2011, his name, his neighbor, Sam Kopchak, and I will say the most of my sources for this research was a GQ like expose. Okay. Um, and they do really good journalism at GQ. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the name of the article was, but it was written by somebody. Somebody. Adam's notes and strike again. You should go look up if you want to read this article, which is very narratively driven and it paints a really tragic picture. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll have Dor put it in the show notes once we do the editing. It's just the GQ expose on the Muskingum County Animal Farm Massacre. So just look that up, read it. It's wonderful. So we'll go back. Uh, Sam Kopchak, his neighbor, notices that his horses were skittish um, and that Terry's horses were agitated as well. Not very unusual. Um, horses. So, yeah, they're just horses. So he walked out to his field to bring it because he had just purchased like a new Arabian or something. So he's like, well, I don't really want my horse out here running itself silly. I'm just going to go put it in its stables. And he walks out to the divide between his field and Terry's and he sees a black bear is in the pen with Terry's horses and he's like well that's not super unusual like there are there are like it wasn't a huge black bear like it didn't seem to really be doing anything other than sort of just wandering around with the horses and so he thought nothing of it i'm sorry i don't think that would be my reaction also if i not, saw a black bear also in my not, horses field. also not his horses i guess like, yeah not my monkeys not my zoo or whatever like maybe that's not, just, not my monkeys not my circus although well, zoo seems more it seems a bit more appropriate so he turns around and his mood suddenly changes when he sees a fully grown African lion staring at him from like 80 yards away. In his field or in? Yeah, it's staring directly at him, like behind him as he turns around to lead his horse into the okay. stables. So he goes, uh, okay, uh, this is unusual. <laughs> and he's a, I think he was a biology teacher, like an elementary school biology teacher. So he knows to not run away from it because lions, even if they think you're playing when you run, even if they want to play with you, you're probably going to end up dead. So he just walked very slowly with his horse past this lion, led it into the stables, got into the stables. Freaked the fuck out. Bolted. Edit that out. Freaked out. Bolted the door and called his mom, uh, who he was living with. Okay. I'm like, mommy, there's and, a lion. <laughs> so he calls his, uh, calls his mom and says, hey, I think Terry's animals got out. Um, you have to call 911 which was weird because he probably could have called 911 from whatever device he had called her from. <laughs> but whatever, she calls 911. Maybe at this point, he was literally like cowering in the at corner this point, of his stable. He's, he, he's looking through the window, and at this point, he sees a full-grown tiger jump over the fence and start attacking Terry's horses. So it's just bedlam immediately. Yeah. Deputy Jonathan Mary is the deputy who first shows up on scene, and he says it's just pandemonium. Uh, wild animals were frenzied running around the property. And so remember this. Because he had like 16 tigers. So remember, this is 58 exotic animals okay. that are deadly by every stretch of the imagination. Okay. I mean, not the macaws. Not the macaws. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah. And so he, he shows up in his police cruiser and he is immediately afraid that these animals are going to escape and start terrorizing the neighborhood. Because Terry lived on a farm, but he lived a mile away from a school. He lived across the street from an apartment complex. And so this, this deputy is just like. He's like everyone's worst neighbor. Yeah. No, he, <laughs> yeah. And so he, he sort of calls in and they say, you have to, you're going to have to just put these animals down. Like there's nothing we can do about it. And we're not equipped to sort of humanely deal with this situation because even if they were tranquilizers take up to 10 minutes to put the animal to sleep sometimes they don't work 
And when an animal gets hit with a tranquilizer dart, they freak out and then they become much more unpredictable. Yeah. So he's, he has a high powered rifle in his car and he has to like, just start like mowing these animals down, which is just like, it was just, I was like reading this article and I was like, oh my God, this sounds like the worst day of this cop's life. More sheriffs uh, appear on the scene, Sheriff Matt Lutz and the caretaker, John Moore. So there was a caretaker on the okay. property because Harry's wife moved out, but there was someone there to sort of yeah. make sure the animals didn't. This is the least funny thing in the world. And yet the visual of this is, it, is <laughs> sounds like the worst kind well, of so beginning it, to a video game. It sounds like the beginning of a comedy sketch where like, like the beginning of like a Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, near and nearly does. Um, so the sheriff and the caretaker show up and they find a body that's being eaten by a large white tiger. And the body is later identified as Terry Thompson. Oh, okay. I'm like human body, horse yeah. body. And okay. uh he released all the animals, uh, covered himself in raw chicken, and then shot himself in the head. That'll do it. So when they did the autopsy, they found that he died. From the from the gunshot wound, but his body had been dragged fifty yards and partially consumed by the animals. By the white tiger. By the white what tiger. What a way to go. And like other tiger like other animals. Is it awful that one of the worst bits of that is that he rubbed himself in raw chicken? Because that to me is just I could yeah. do anything to not touch. That was raw really chicken. weird because I didn't I didn't realize that until I had read like one of the police reports or something, but they found raw chicken around him and he it seemed like he really wanted to be eaten. Eaten. Okay. The sheriff calls it in and says, okay, we have located the owner. It's a code 16, which is dead on arrival, and a possible 58, which is suicide, which yeah. it was later deemed to be in the autopsy. So they call more police officers in because there are just they're massive wild animals running around. And Deputy Todd Cannavel shows up with four other armed officers, and they're like all members of the Muskingum County SWAT team. And he's quoted as saying, I felt sick shooting those animals. They didn't ask to be there. And they talk about there was a big field of abandoned cars and they're just like basically posted up on these on these massive cars and they're just shooting lions and tigers as they run around trying to like escape and at one point they ran out of ammunition and they had to call in for more and it was basically just 24 hours of like of, of culling of them trying to make sure these animals didn't escape from the property uh and in the end 49 exotic animals were killed um and there's a really horrifying picture of, of the aftermath, and they had to bring in a digger to line them up to make sure that they were getting their number to make sure that none of the animals escaped. Mm -hmm. And it's just this long muddy patch of like, like digger tracks and like beautiful Bengal tigers and lions, and they're just like in a in a line. They're just corpses, and it's really it's really tragic and sad. And like, thanks for not showing me that. I rem I remember hearing about this when I was in university and being like, "Wow, that sounds like that sounds like really cruddy." Like this guy, his, he felt his life was so uncontrollable that he and he and it, uh, apparently there may, there's some evidence to suggest that this was like a vindictive move against his ex wife that she loved these animals more than anything, and he knew what would happen if he let them out, and so it was sort of like his last like middle finger mm -hmm. to someone who he felt had wronged him um because he was under the impression that she was having an affair i think while he was in prison and you know and he, yeah mean, it, it's a, it's just a laundry list of things that went wrong i don't know do you know the name jack Hanna? Okay. he's an uh, american conservationist and he's actually like the emeritus high up in the rank at the columbus zoo which is the the biggest zoo in ohio okay. near to muskingum and he's 
he's very familiar with the area. He loved yeah. Zanesville. Um, and they actually called him down to not overlook the situation, but from what I had read, the Columbus Zoo was having some sort of, I don't know, some, some, some sort of event and they got a phone call and they're like, we have to go to Zanesville. And so they sent a bunch of people down and they were, they were going to try and tranquilize the yeah. animals. Um, but by the time they had left, it's like a two hour drive or something. They were just too late to do anything about it. And they were, and then they said, along with Jack Hanna, they gave full support to the officers because obviously you get a narrative spun by, yeah, yeah, by, yeah. by like the humane society who think yeah. that they're just like, they're just trigger happy. They didn't really think the situation all the way through. And the Columbus Zoo was basically like, no, like this is a tragedy and it should never happen again. But obviously they had no rule book. Like this, this has never happened in the mm -hmm. States before. They had no rule book. Like what else were they supposed to do? Cause they didn't have access to the tranquilizers. Tranquilizers don't always work. Yeah. The whole thing. Like they just did what they had to, to keep the yeah. community safe. Six animals were recovered um, that were still in their cages. I was about to say the numbers didn't add up. Yeah. Uh, and they were donated to the Columbus Zoo. Which, so, do you know which animals? Three leopards, two more macaws, and a grizzly bear. So I'm not sure if they're still in residence there because this happened nearly nine yeah. years ago. But I think leopards probably live for a yeah, while. Yeah, I think, I mean, so, it's I mean, weird that he didn't let them out. I they were on like another part of the property, I believe. Okay. Um, there's like a main section. And then I think these might have been in, in or near his house. And he just didn't let them out for whatever reason. Okay. It was sad, though. I read that the grizzly bear was in a bird's cage. Like a big, like, you know, like the big macaw yeah. cages. But like, I guess they had just like stuffed a bear in there. Mm. I was like, well, I'm glad it's living in a zoo now, hopefully. But I was just like, this whole thing, like none of it was pleasant to read. After the event, the event... I'm going to call it after the massacre was finished, they buried all the bodies in a mass grave on the property. And the Columbus Zoo chief operating officer said, our role in life is to care for animals and to educate and inspire people about the great, about these great creatures and to see them piled in the mud. It was just a bad day. Well, you know, that's what we always say about the pets here. We love, we give them as much love as we possibly can. At the end of the day, they have one bad day. Yeah. It's still one of the best things you can yeah. do for them is make that choice. This isn't that though. No, no. He <laughs> this, this was a man that. this was a man who shouldn't have ever been allowed to own these animals in the first place. I think even even if I were to be as libertarian as possible and to say that I think people should basically be allowed to do whatever they want as long as they're not harming any other people or the animals that they own. Like one tiger's probably enough. You know, like if you can't handle one tiger, you probably but can't handle 16. he said at the 16. beginning of this, he was rescuing them. Was he rescuing so them he or was, was he buying so them? From what I read, he was buying, because what happens is people adopt, people frequently adopt tiger cubs and lion cubs. And then they- Something we are definitely going to talk about in my one. And then they realize, and after a year, they're yeah. killing machines. Yeah. And they can't really put them anywhere else. It's hard to sort of get them into sanctuary. They can't really go back to their yeah. original- their, what would have been their homes if they had been yeah. like reared in the wild. Um, and so you can get them for kind of cheap. You can like, you can buy like lions for $2,500 at the time that this article was written. So it's like not hard to get them, you know, any animals they have. This was a man who never should have been allowed to own what was essentially a dangerous weapon. Yeah. Um, Cause he was just putting his neighbors at risk himself at risk wife at risk just for the sake of having them yeah although i'm assuming that he also owned dangerous weapons he did that's why he went to that's why he went to prison 
Um, I'm assuming that because he also owned dangerous weapons, well, that's like why, that's, the Ohio laws at this point must have been fairly... That's how they ended up getting him in prison at all, because the yeah. USDA obviously wanted him to do time or at least give up his animals, but they ended up getting him on a on a unlicensed yeah. weapons charge. It doesn't seem like putting him in jail for weapons did anything for his... Could have done, would have done anything for well, his no, animals. No, of course not. Um, they ended up being in the care of his wife, who loved them as much as he did, uh, he claimed to. And then the caretaker who ended up being hired to yeah. oversee them while no one was living on the property. But, I mean, their lives didn't... I, he couldn't afford to buy them food, so it was just like... He'd just feed them, ro like, roadkill, which he was also illegally picking up off the side of the road. So it was just not a situation that he ever should have been allowed to put himself did in. Did he have a, a history of... PTSD, mental health problems. Only, like only in the sense that when he came back, people who knew him said he was different. He was always very boisterous. When he was younger, he was like he was the attractive, boisterous, gregarious yeah. ladies' man. And when he got back, he still acted that way, but he was a bit more reclusive. He sort of drew into himself. And then the year that he spent in prison didn't help him no. in any way. Right. So that. This whole situation, that's basically the end of that. Um, the last quote I have here regarding to the massacre specifically was Deputy Jeff Lecoq, I think his name is. And he said, no other law enforcement agency in the world has faced this. It's not like there was a manual. Other things will happen, but this will never happen again. Yeah, I, I just totally uniquely yeah. awful. Awful. Yeah, this is, like, yeah, like I said earlier, to just echo his sentiments. This had never happened. They, The officers involved can't really be blamed for the death of those animals because yeah. what what are the rules you can't you can't wait for the zoo to come up with a tranquilizer that may not work when you have kids a mile away playing a soccer game yeah it's just you, you make a snap judgment call and it's not did the laws change after this yes we're going to talk about oh, that cool. now so this puts ohio in the limelight um where and, it loves to be and an animal welfare an animal where <laughs> An animal welfare group puts Ohio in the lowest bracket in terms of dealing with uh, wildlife care, in terms of private citizens owning okay. uh, exotic animals. Humane Society put it in the lowest level with other states that I didn't bother writing down, <laughs> basically stating this, it's unacceptable that private citizens are allowed to own dangerous and exotic animals and give them so little care and face yeah. no repercussion for it. Although I just think it's a bit like the argument of, I don't know, it's a bit like the argument of women getting equal pay, mm. which is you shouldn't legally have to mandate women get equal pay. Yeah. We're equal people. Yeah, it should just be. Um, but saying that they should mandate exotic animal welfare, surely they had animal welfare. Yeah, but it doesn't, because, because they're two different designations of animals. But that's crazy to me. Surely an animal is an animal and it should be given the same level of welfare. Uh, right. I don't know why they're different, um, but they are. One of the quotes from this sort of uh, document said, there are few restrictions on keeping dangerous non-native wild animals as pets in the, in the five states named, one of them being Ohio. Consequently, these states have been home to escapes and attacks or have become havens for exotic animal breeders, dealers, and menageries. So I will say Ohio has had exotic animal attacks before. Um, and I remember the story of the woman in Connecticut who had her face ripped off by that rabid chimpanzee. Was it rabid? Yeah. 
Oh, I thought I it... used rabbit as well, rabbit in the sense that it was, you know. No, I was about to say, I think it was just a chimpanzee. Yeah. But yeah. Well, well, ra- they're rabid by like nearly by definition, not like with rabies, but like being crazy animals that you can't control. Um, so, yeah, there, I mean, there were attacks previously yeah. of this, but this was so large scale. Wasn't she like the first person to ever have a whole face transplant? Mm-hmm. I think okay. she was. And they called this document Ohio's Fatal Attraction. And a few of the other things that happened were uh, in 2003, a man was killed by his poisonous pet snake. That's probably just because he was an idiot. Mm-hmm. I don't think that should limit people from being allowed to own things. Like, poisonous snakes? No, I don't, like, I don't really. That doesn't bother me, like, really in the slightest. We also had monkey bites, bear escapes, bear attacks, and then someone owned some tiger cubs and their house burned down and the, the cubs died in the fire, which is just, like, really sad. Uh, yeah, again, don't think that that, like, that's sad, but whether it was a house cat or a tiger that was trapped inside, uh, yeah. like, it's sad. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel hard, it's really hard for me to separate between, I guess maybe because I, not that horses are an exotic animal, but they're a large animal and they're fairly dangerous if you don't yeah. know what you're doing with them. Yeah. Um. And I have a lot of cats, as yeah. I'm sure will come up as we talk <laughs> about my one. Um. You have a lot of dogs, too. I have a lot of dogs. I have a lot of animals. And my point being is that I... I don't necessarily think that innately an exotic animal is any more or less dangerous no, than that's a poorly sort of, raised or looked after domestic animal. Yeah, that's sort of how I feel, especially after looking after your horses. Um, is that like the like? I don't think that like. I don't want to say that like l- less regulation is good when it comes to owning an animal, but I don't think it should be like outrightly illegal for a private citizen to own whatever animal they want to, as long as they can prove that they can properly care for something that is, you know, eight times the size of you and requires, you know, much more food, different yeah. kinds of I briefly thought stuff. it might be fun to own a camel. Now, that's really not considered an exotic animal because no. in Egypt and other places like that, that's your day-to-day mm. ride to work. Yeah. Um, it would be exotic in England, though. Would, but would it, it would be exotic. I was looking at it. Virginia, because I thought it might be cool for the wedding venue. It would make more sense in Virginia than it would in England. Um, and they're very not very expensive, and they basically require looking after like a horse. Yeah, which you, same with an elephant. Yeah. So, I yeah. You draw the line at the scary ones. Really, is what it boils down to. I think. Not that I sometimes I think horses are scarier than tigers because like because I have more exposure to them. Obviously, yeah. I mean, in my day to day life, I'm never going to be mauled by a tiger. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed you're never going to be mauled by one of my horses either. I'm more likely to get kicked in the head by a horse than I am to be mauled by a tiger. Sheer probability, yes. Yes, yes, but (laughs) by the fact that there is a horse like 200 yards from where I'm sat. Mm -hmm. No, I just don't think that, I think that there shouldn't necessarily be a, I mean, I don't know, I think there shouldn't necessarily be a, Des- like the designation, really. Between yeah, between the two. Between kind the of two really make sense. You should look after them correctly, give them the kind of safety if pets, nourishment. If they're pets, they're pets. If, like, you have a, if you have a dog that's likely to take someone's face off, yeah. Don't. does it matter <laughs> that it's not an exotic animal? No, it's just really. as dangerous, not and really. you should look after it in exactly the same yeah, And you should be training give it. it and... Give it the same level of. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Well, that's there's that rant. Uh, <laughs> you'd be able to own a tiger, in my opinion, if you're. You know, well to do in your brain. So this this led to the Ohio Ohio's Dangerous Wild Animals and Restricted Snakes Act, which Catch was signed it. into bill on June fifth, two thousand twelve, by John Kasich, the former governor of Ohio, who not a big fan of usually, but he did this. So good on him, I guess. Also known as the failed presidential candidate. Oh yeah, he did run for president. Anyway, he, the law basically says no 
no person shall possess a dangerous wild animal unless he or she is authorized under an unexpired wildlife shelter slash propagation permit or other exception, which can only be um, permitted by, I think it's the Zoological Association okay. of America, which the ZAA, they're the people who give permits to zoos, basically. Dangerous wild animals include big cats, some smaller exotic cats, bears, elephants, hyenas, gray wolves, alligators, crocodiles, and non-human primates other than lemurs. So you can still own a lemur without having cool. any Cool. Sort of I really have always wanted a lemur. <sighs> I've always wanted to live in Ohio and own a lemur. Those are two things that I just think to myself every day. Except as provided, no person shall acquire, buy, sell, trade, or transfer possession or ownership of a dangerous wild animal on or after the effective day of this section. So that basically okay. just said, this. we're putting the kibosh on this, can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Humane Society said that this has two defects in it. Okay. One, that it provides exemption for private citizens associated with the Zoological Association of America, which they call a fringe organization that promotes the keeping of dangerous wild animals as pets. The, the, the Zoological Association of America? So I was like, I'll look into this. Like Maybe it is like some weird fringe, like okay. libertarian organization that says, do whatever you want because yeah. that's how, that's what we... That's, okay, because that does happen. Yeah, yeah. that does happen. Not the case. The ZAA, the mission statement, which I'm going to read to you now, okay. is to provide wildlife or promote wildlife conservation. Big fan of that. Yeah. Assist in husbandry care conservation in both the managed and wild populations. Okay. Big fan of that. Possess and abide by all required permits. Act in accordance to all regulations. Conduct all affairs ethically and legally with a high degree of professionalism, honesty, integrity, and fairness. Nowhere anywhere on their website did I see them promoting the private ownership of animals. I'd also assume that the bill wouldn't have included and named a fringe group that would go against. I think the Humane Society might just be one of the like, I think the Humane Society is an anti-group or is an anti-zoo group of people. Yes. And I'm there's the other, of course, Humane Society-esque thing, who I will not name because they can get real abusive when you say stuff about them. Yes. Who I have seen adverts come out over the few many years. I, don't get me wrong. I get behind some of their messages. Mm. Absolutely entirely. We yeah. should not be rounding up whales and slaughtering them. I'm not a fan of that. No. Don't do that. That's bad. It's stop, bad. Stop doing that if you're listening um, to it and you're a whale. If you're a whale right in now Alaska. <laughs> listening to my podcast, you turn that boat around, mister. Yeah. Let's not do that. Um, I don't believe that we should. But also, I've seen what happens when you don't share a sheep. And let's face it, it's no prettier than when you do a share a sheep. Talk about fringe. Yeah. And then the other thing that they thought was a defect in this bill was that it allowed for the ownership of constrictive snakes which I don't have a problem with. I think if you want to own a boa constrictor, same deal. Just know when it's going to try to strangle you. And they generally don't. Those things tend to be very, f like, freak yeah. incidents. I think the people that get killed by the church snakes are always one of the ones where I'm like... Church snakes? You know, there's those sects of churches where they have, like, snakes and they put their hands in boxes of snakes and then prove that... Don't look at me like this. I didn't just make this up. This is a lie. It's not a lie. It's a real thing. I'm going to do a bonus episode on church snakes. Fine, I won't look it up then. Don't look it up. Yeah. I'm going to do a bonus episode on church snakes. And maybe they are legendary. And maybe <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. So, Hang on. so, <laughs> so expect an episode on church snakes, I guess. Yeah. But that was the end of my cool my thing. Really horrible thing. 
Yeah, that was that was kind of awful. Uh, Not much positive. Well, I mean, animal welfare, new yeah, animal welfare um, things. That's I, good. Yeah, I'm into that. Um, Let's take that information away. But you know, legendary for a different reason. And I didn't realize how 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 widely the news had spread. Um, yeah, I knew it was relatively well known in the Midwest, obviously, and I found several LA Times articles relating to this incident, which doesn't really surprise me very much but to know that like i think the and again like the daily news or the daily mail and the sun not really my two favorite publications in the uk but to know that they had written articles about it yeah. was sort of mind-blowing and i'm assuming you hadn't heard about it because no i hadn't it oh rings... in 2011 you would have been living in El in california yeah anyway, but right? it also rings like zero bells. yes it's just interesting to know that you know some zero people... bells at all yeah. which is weird because it's the kind of thing i would definitely yeah. pay attention very, to. very weird but that's all right the, that's the end of that should we do quick shout out to she is a goal setter on Instagram who says you are doing an awesome job. Here's to more women supporting women. So awesome. yay, thank you to another one, which I'm just going to find Effie Sean T who put a big hearty smiley face on our Atlantis. Oh, Cover art. Yeah, thank and you. If you guys haven't checked out the new cover art on Instagram, do. Yeah, Dora's doing awesome. a great job on this. I think it's looking really, really cool. And then, of course, we have our, oh, and Ricky Delago Martinez 96 says really cool stuff. Keep it up. Awesome. Thank you, Ricky. And then, of course, we have our Ohioan. 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 Is that a word? Ohioan. Okay. Our Ohioan woman. Who I am going to... What? She's funny. <laughs> she sent us the nicest message. She did. Which you still haven't replied to, even know, though you promised you will I know, I know. I'm the worst. I just don't... I don't use Facebook because I'm 27. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that to people out there. That's mean. Slash really valid. Because I'm 27 and not a business owner. There we go. Okay, fine. Go with that. Um, apparently, there is an over-under on Facebook. And how old you are. I would like to thank Catherine Hildebrecht, who said she just found her podcast and she really liked it. She grew up in the town bordering Kirkland, Ohio, and she had heard of Melonheads growing up, which is pretty awesome. Because um, we actually talked about how, like, we hadn't really heard of them and you didn't really know anyone that had heard of no, them. No, but she is from the area where the, the folklore takes place and originated from in Ohio, at least. So that's pretty awesome. So thank you again. Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> thank you. My phone, my phone just turned off. Sorry. Thank you very now much, Catherine. Now it's fingerprinted open. All, All right. right. Great, guys. Well, thank you so much. All right. We're moving on to part two. Yeah. If you want to if you wanna give us a give us a, an idea of whether or not you like the, the splitting of the episodes, let us know. Uh, whether you like it or you hate it, please like it. Please listen, listen to both halves. Yeah. And we're moving on. Yeah, and we'll see you. Bye.